Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And we're talking about generosity, and we're talking about finances, but we're seeing the erosion of our society right before our very eyes. And it seems like it with, really within the last 20 to 30 years, it's just kind of gone on steroids. And a lot of us, we, we really don't know what to do when we see it happening. We see this stuff going on and we just, we've just learned somehow to just roll with it, you know? And we're dealing with, with stuff that, that we can't really explain. We're, we're seeing things happening with, with our values that they're, they're changing so rapidly. How do we respond to this? And we as believers in Jesus, we, we lived with those same standards and practices that have come down through the years through Scripture. But at the same time, we find ourselves becoming addicted to the same thing that the world's addicted to. Materialism. Can't seem to get enough. We can't seem to be satisfied with what we have. And this addiction just only makes things worse. And we bear the scars that come from this infection because we're, we're, we're beyond being affected by materialism. In many ways... It has consumed us and it's taken over our lives. You know, we're, I was talking about this last week. We're some of the wealthiest people the world has ever known. But we can't seem to enjoy it because we, we're concerned about how to protect it. We're, we're concerned about how to pay for it. And we're working ourselves to death. And we're overcome with financial stress that... It, it, it destroys families. We've seen it happen right before our eyes. And what I'm not, I'm not talking about what, that we, if we can somehow get enough money, you know, if we can somehow pay off our debts, if we can somehow just, if we could, if everybody could just make enough money so that there's enough to go around, then everything will be okay. Because the issue's not money. It's our hearts. And what I'm talking about is, is hearing the call of God and allowing Him to set our financial lives in order. That's, that's what this is all about. And when that begins to happen, we'll see God's far-reaching purposes and we can partner with Him to extend the kingdom of God through us. I think that's what we all want. We'd like to see God extend His kingdom through us and what we do. Just as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, we're to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But what happens when the salt loses its saltiness? I mean, what happens, what happens to whenever you, your, your salt shaker, the, the salt gets all glumped up inside? I don't know really what to call it. It just sticks together. You can't shake it out of the salt shaker. What do you end up doing? You usually dump that out and you go get some more, right? Well... We're still the salt of the earth. And if the, the light 
If we're not the light that we're supposed to be, where's that light going to come from? It's not going to come from the world. It has to come from us. We need to find a way to be the salt and be the light that Jesus called us to be. And so, as I said last week, the generous heart starts by gaining a kingdom perspective on money. We're reminded that God gives us everything. It all belongs to Him. He's our source, and He wants us to fix our eyes on Him, not on what we'll wear or what we'll eat. In Acts chapter 20, one of the apostles recorded that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. This verse is key to generosity. Now some of us, we we might like to think that um, it's nice to receive. And and in our our natural person, we we do like getting stuff. I'll be honest with you. I love it when my birthday rolls around. You know, my kids want to give me stuff. My wife wants to give me stuff. You know, they get stuff at work. You know, it, it's, it's great. But if you've ever experienced what it's like to give someone who's in need something and just give it to them just for the pure satisfaction of giving it to them, I, I think that replaces anything that you might get for your birthday or for Christmas. Our natural heart... It beats systematically, you know? We don't have to worry about it. It just beats, right? How many of you have ever maybe gone to sleep at night and you're, you're just listening to your heartbeat? And you get worried like, what if my heart stops? <laughs> have you ever done that? Not very many people do that because you don't have to worry about it. It just does what it does. When you're healthy, your heart beats like it's supposed to, and you don't have to be concerned about what's going to happen when you go to sleep. You don't have to be concerned that your heart's going to stop. It's just going to keep going. And it's, it's that, that way, it should be that way with, with generosity in our lives, that once we get started being generous, that it just kind of just comes natural. And, and that heart starts beating in us, and, and, and we want to be generous, and we want to give stuff away, and we want to be able to, to, to bless others with what God's given us. Now, in this system, in our, 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 our bodies, the heart only receives what, it, what it's pumped out. You know, it's just constantly flowing. It's, it's pumping in, it's pumping out. And there's a, correla- a correlation to being blessed in regard to our generosity, what goes out affects what we receive. So if the heart of generosity isn't beating, we most often will experience problems in the area of our financial peace. The generous heart beats to a rhythm of giving. We have to find a way to get our hearts beating with that rhythm of generosity. When we start giving in intentional and systematic ways, we'll see those rhythms and those patterns start to emerge. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, I'm reading from the message. The Apostle Paul is writing to the, the Corinthian church. And he says to them, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. This will protect you against the sob stories and the arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the, in the giving. 
You see, when we, we start giving in this rhythm of generosity, we're not being ruled by our, our circumstances or our emotions. This, this is just, it, it's, it's what I do. I give. I want to give. And it just, it comes naturally. And in many cases, you know, our, our heart might be, might be beating properly, but, you know, as you get older, we start dealing with, with issues pertaining to cholesterol, maybe, you know, hardening of the arteries, you know, all these things that us older people have to worry about. And I put myself in that category, by the way, so, you know, we're, we're all getting there. But, but we, we experience these, these complications, and, you know, heart, the heart's fine, but, you know, we've got blockages. We've got these things that keep us from being able to, to flow like we would like to. And, you know, when we, we feel fatigued and sometimes we, we tire a lot easier than we want to. And, and that's, that's happening because that, that blood and that natural blood flow is, is being affected by these, these blockages and by, by, you know, just the, the things that happen to us as we age. Well, in a lot of ways... The way that, that we, we give our generosity, that's affected by things in our life too. That flow gets, gets affected by things that are going on in our lives. If we're having issues with faith, if we're having issues with forgiveness, and, and God's trying to work in us and we're, we're, we're resisting Him, we're afraid of what might happen if, if we become generous, we're restricting what that flow can actually do in our lives and, and, we, and, and keeps us from, from experiencing that flow of generosity that we want to see. Now, I, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that when you start giving, if you've never really given regularly, when you start, it can be scary. Does anybody agree with me on that? I mean, we start giving, and maybe we have doubts about, you know, what's going to happen once I let this money go. You know, you've got your, your envelope ready to go, and you're getting ready to put it in the basket. Oh, God, it's now out of my hands and in yours. And I, I'm sure you, everyone's probably asked these questions, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and ask them anyway. What if we give and we get strained financially? What do we do? Oh, God, what, what, what do we do? What if we can't make ends meet already and you know, we really can't afford to give? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a question. How is the money that we give being spent? All right, pastor. And see, I'm calling myself pastor now. Um, <laughs> All right, Pastor, I want you to tell me, how, how are you spending our money? You know, we're, we're giving to this church, and we want to make sure that it's going to, a Lord's, to the Lord's work and not just, you know, so you can get a new Cadillac or something like that. <laughs> See, the, these are questions that we all have, and sometimes people get tripped up by them. Rather than actually pressing in and, and trying to get an answer from, from God and, and from, from the church. But... We need to take these steps towards financial peace. And, and, and this is a struggle that, that we all have, but we have to press on in if we're going to actually get those answers. 
And we find ourselves in, in situations that, that put our head and our heart in conflict with each other. You know, it, it doesn't make sense sometimes to, to, to say that I'm going to give and I'm going to trust God to provide for me. To explain that to somebody in the world. I, I just don't see how that works. Well, it's a matter of faith. How do you explain faith to someone who's never really tried to use faith before? It's one of those things. It's, like it's mystical, and uh, I don't know if I can do that. But if we actually trust God, and when we give, we actually, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you, then we actually give Him an opportunity to show up on our behalf. The Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, understood the struggle that we deal with in terms of giving. And he admitted that he faced the struggle in his own life. In Romans chapter 7, verse 21, and maybe you've heard this in a different context, but we're going to use it in this context today. I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and by death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And we find ourselves in that struggle with trusting God with our finances. Now, as long as we walk this earth, we're going to be at a war that pits our faith in God's ways against common sense leanings of our selfish nature. And this war is often played out on the battlefield of giving. In his book, Fields of Gold, Andy Stanley wrote, Fear has always been one of the principal enemies of growing faith. It has a way of clouding our thinking and obscuring the facts. You may know precisely how God would like, to handle, like you to handle your finances, but fear has the potential to freeze you in your tracks or send you down another path. You see, fear keeps people locked in, in this lie of the scarcity mentality. It's, this is this idea that if, the more you give away, the less that you're going to have for your own needs. And if you've ever been in a place where you've struggled financially, you, you know that fear. It just seems like, you know, you want to be generous and then the car breaks down. You know? You, you want to be generous, and then somebody gets sick, and they have to go to the doctor. And, oh, you know, the, the, you know what's happened with, uh, with insurance, and now, you know, I'm having to pay more than my regular copay. I mean, that, that's the struggle that we're locked in. The only way to break out of this trap and, and, and that lie is to take the first step in faith and give an initial gift and get started in this life of the generous heart. Paul gives us some principles for giving in his first letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, now about the collection for the Lord's people. 
Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a, a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So you see, this, this little passage gives us just a, a little idea of how we can get started in, in terms of giving systematically, regularly, to the work of God. So, when, when should we give? Paul says, give on the first day of the week. Well, you know, in, in early church society, you know, we, we've kind of changed the, the calendar in, in society, you know. Sunday's actually the first day of the week, but, you know, that's, that's part of the weekend, and so actually our week starts on Monday. That's, that's kind of how we think about it. Well, the first day of the week, that's, that was when the, the church started meeting then after the resurrection of Jesus. He was resurrected on the first day of the week, so we're going to celebrate Jesus on the first day of the week. So when the first day of the week comes around, we're going to take up a collection. And this is how we're just going to do things. Now, folks in, in biblical times, they were paid on the last day of the week. So it made sense you get paid on the last day of the week, bring your gifts in on, on the first day of the week. Makes sense. That's, that's what Paul was writing about. So there, there's this timeless principle in, in Paul's instruction, return a gift to God when you get paid. Giving in rhythm means we give regularly. Now, we need to understand that th this is going to look different for everybody. Uh, you might get paid weekly. You might get paid bi-weekly. You might be like me and you get, get paid monthly. And that, that actually kind of works out nice because you can just take everything out and, you know, and of course then it's that whole thing of trusting God for the rest of the month. <laughs> the principle still is, is very simple. When you get paid, give. Now my, my mom, I don't know if you've had a chance to meet her, but um, from the time that, that, that I, as far back as I can remember, mom, mom taught me the, the, the principle of tithing. That's one of the, the earliest things I remember. And the way she explained it was, every dollar you get, you take 10 cents out of that. That belongs to the Lord. And it just kind of grows. So if you, if you make $10, then you owe God one. And if you make $100, you know, you, you get the math. But the idea was is that whenever you get paid, don't forget to give to the Lord. And the thing that she's told me over and over and over again, and she likes to remind me just about every time we start talking about money, <laughs> if you will give to the Lord, you will always have money in your pocket. See? But, and, and see, that's the thing. We... And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about any kind of get-rich scheme, you know, name it, claim it, whatever. I'm just talking about the practical stuff. Just give to the Lord what's the Lord's, and then you'll see Him bless what you have. It all comes from Him anyway, so why not honor God right off the top, you know? He's not asking for a lot. Now, 
you know, when you start getting those, those bigger paychecks, some of you guys, you know, you get those big paychecks and it's like, oh my goodness, uh, this, this 10% or whatever your percentage that you decide to give to the Lord, that, that's, that's a lot of money. It, that's true, but think about what God has already blessed you with. Let's not look at the little bit, let's look at the whole thing because it's all His. So anyway, I, I think you got the point. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, out of the message, it says this, Honor God with everything you own. It's all His. Give Him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over the top. It's pretty simple. It's not asking for a lot, but I think we know that we can give God what's first and what's best. I'll move on. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. This is just continuing what we read a second ago. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Paul tells us in this passage how much we should give, a sum in keeping with your income. Now, I mentioned the principle of tithing. It's if you... You know, it, some people, well, I remember whenever I was in Sunday school, my dad gave me a quarter for Sunday school every week. Well, that was because I didn't have any money. And so dad would give me a quarter and we would we'd give that in Sunday school. Well, if you're still giving a quarter in Sunday school and you're 49 years old, something's not right. I'll just put it like that. The Bible doesn't tell us to give a specific dollar amount. You'll never find anywhere in Scripture where the Bible says you need to give X number of dollars. Show me. I, I, I haven't found it in there. The issue isn't the dollar amount, but whether our gift is proportional to what God gives us. Now, ultimately, giving involves sacrifice. And if you have a little bit of money then give a little bit. If you're out of work and you don't have anything coming in, then how can you expect to give anything? Really. Giving in Scripture is tied directly and proportionally to what God brings into our lives. Giving in rhythm means we give proportionally. Mom was telling me a story just recently. Of course, you know, now that we're talking about money at church, I get to hear you know, what she has to say about, about money whenever I go to visit. But she was telling me about this lady that, that she went to church with whenever she was growing up. And the lady, I, I guess she didn't really have much income, but she had a chicken. And that chicken laid eggs, a lot of them, a lot of eggs. And so when it was time for the offering, everybody collected their offering. And after church, that lady gave the pastor her tithe of eggs every week. And as long as she tied those eggs, that chicken laid eggs. And the pastor never had to worry about eggs. So, you know, some of you, I know you got chickens, and, and I like eggs, by the way. No, just kidding. But, but seriously, people that, if you don't have income, then you're, you're really not expected to give. And you, can, you, you might want to be creative and find a way that you can give something to the kingdom. 
But it, it's, it's important to give something to get that, that heart of generosity beating on the inside of us. Because we want that beating on the inside of us. Because when we're generous, we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about others. And you see, honoring God by bringing a gift back to Him acknowledges His importance in our lives. You know, when we're giving to God, you know, we talk about it all the time, about, you know, putting your money where your mouth is. You know, let, let somebody take away your wallet and see how you feel about it. And when we, we say, Lord, I'm going to give you what's most important to me. And, and you know, you, you might... It, you might have time and you want to donate that to the kingdom, and, that, and that's fine. But, but it's, a lot of times it's easier just to come in and do something than it is to actually hand over that hard-earned money that you make, right? So we're, we're telling the Lord, God, you're important in my life, and I'm giving back to you because you're important to me. I'm thankful for life, health, breath, and the intelligence that you have given me to be able to earn this money. And apart from you, I wouldn't be able to do anything in my life. So I'm going to honor you by returning part of what you've given me. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, He saw the rich putting in their gifts in the temple treasury. And He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Paul goes on in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He says, Then when I arrive, I will give letters of instruction to the men you approve of, and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. See, this is what this whole donation thing was about. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. Now, another thing that Paul is talking about here is giving should be both identifiable and accountable. When you decide that you want to step out of financial stress, and you're, you're wanting to trust God in that, the best thing you can do is, is make yourself accountable for doing that. You know, well, I'll, I'll just do this. It'll just be between me and the Lord. Well, you tell somebody, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to give to the kingdom. Okay, then we'll, we'll see, see you put your money where your mouth is and put something in the offering. Oh, wow. You, well, I'll just, I'll just put in my cash and, you know. Well, and, and, and let me tell you, cash is great. You know, I, I, I don't handle the finances, thank God. But, you know, I'm sure it, it works as well here as it does anywhere, right, Dennis? I mean, you, you give us cash, you know, it will, we'll, we'll use it. But it, it's, it's nice to be able to account for where that comes from. And it also makes us accountable because, you know, this is how much that I gave. And, and, I, and, and, and not that we want to be acknowledged for our gift, but just the fact, again, for the accountability of it. And it's identifiable words. Um, but we, we just want to be able to acknowledge that in our accounting. That, that's how we, we keep up with stuff. And also, 
you know, we, we have these offering envelopes that are right there in front of you. I don't know if, it, are they, it, I know we have the connect cards. So the offering envelopes in the, in the chair? Okay. Well, then you should be getting those in your, in your, uh, your handout, your bulletin, and you can, you can put your gift in those envelopes. It makes it really easy. And you, can, you can write it down. You can designate how, where you want that to go if we have a, have a special guest or if we have a, a special offering for benevolence or something like that. You can identify that so that it goes to, the, to, that, to that source. And if, say for instance, you're, you're kind of like I am, I, I, if I carry around cash in my wallet, I spend it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mom. Um, and uh, yeah, Danelle can identify too. Um, and so, uh, so the, the, the best thing that I can, I can use in the course of the week is to use my debit card. Well, guess what? Here at, at the Vineyard Church of Brenham, we have online giving, and you can use your debit card to give to the church. And say that you have a hard time with, with like, you know, making the, getting the money ahead of time or whatever, and, you know, you forget to, to turn in your offering or you don't bring your checkbook or whatever. You can do this from, from the privacy of your own home. And you can, you can give, you can give regularly. You can, you can make sure that that, that money comes out on, on your payday or however you want to do that. And the goal for that is just to make it easy. And, you know, and so we know, hey, you're, you're, you're giving to the kingdom. Now, and I'll, I'll say this, I don't go through the books and try to find out, okay, who's giving what. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that. I, but, but whenever we start talking about leadership, I kind of want to know who's giving just because that tells me, hey, I'm on board. I'm, I'm, I, I've bought into the vision. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with what you want to do here. I'm ready to support, and, and I'll do whatever I can. And so that, that'll be one of the questions that we ask. You know, hey, it, it, does, does this person give? It's just, it's just a reality that, you know, it, it's, it's part of buying in. That I've chosen, this is my church, and I'm going to support this church with my, my energies, and I'm going to support this church with my finances. Now, when we start talking about all this stuff, about giving, and, and you know, the, there's always somebody that says, no, well, are you just doing that just so people can just see you put something in the plate? I mean, after all, Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 6. Watch out. Don't do your deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now see, a lot of people think that this has to do with, like, you know, trying to get attention and whatnot. What it really means is we, wouldn't, we shouldn't tell other people about what we're giving. I mean, that's your personal business. And if you're, if you're telling somebody, well, I give the church this much, and so I'm a, check the attitude, leave that at the door. But we do need to be accountable to others for our growth in, in generosity and giving. In the book of Acts, we see how people brought their gifts to the church and laid them at the apostles' feet. 
Now, I, I, I know we've moved away from those ancient methods of giving, like the online giving and, and auto debit and online bill pay. But the principle remains the same. You really should give your gift in a way that is identifiable to your church leaders. Okay, I, I actually covered that already. Wow, so we're, we're moving on to the end. <laughs> Giving to your church allows leaders to know that you have ownership here and you're committed to this church. I'm repeating myself, but it needs to be said. And to your own spiritual growth. It puts us in a better position to help you grow. Giving in rhythm means we give accountably. In the book of Hebrews, the writer writes, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. Now, this morning, to demonstrate this accountability, I've asked Dennis to come. He's going to give us just a... a, a a, a snapshot of our finances, as, and this is the this is what we've we've committed to do every quarter to talk about finances, talk about giving in the church, because this is so vital to to doing what we do as a body. So, Dennis, come on. <laughs> 